graduated to Romans 8.26 and found out that he explained the very like manner that the Holy Spirit helped our infirmities. Infirmities broke down to mean your and my inabilities to produce results because of the limitations which have been imposed on us by this flesh. Then we found out in this like manner, he said he'll help us walk out of a domination by the flesh, walk out of it into liberty in the Holy Ghost. He said this is how he does it. He said likewise the Spirit helps your infirmities. For when you don't know how to pray as you ought, the Holy Spirit will lend himself to you in a supernatural language. And he'll search your heart to find out your problem and why you're failing. He'll search your heart for the sole purpose of praying the mind of God, the will of God, into your life. And once again, the very basics of his will says this, the very basics. Did I be delivered free, set free from every damnable thing Jesus said I'm free from? That includes poverty and sickness, disease, pain, lack of peace, whatever it is he set me free from. Then the very basics of his will, being executed by my attorney, the Holy Spirit, is to see that I am set free from them charges and released into the glorious liberty of everything that Jesus said that I am. And then you and I know that he portrayed tongues, tongues, groanings, intercessions, as a major key, a major key, see, to this walk of spirit, a major key to releasing the ability of him within us. Well, when I found this out, that tongues was a major key, that I could execute any time at my own will, my own will, that I could pray as much as I wanted to in tongues. When I found that out, I thought to myself, my God, what is it on the face of this earth can stop me anymore? When I found out that tongues was a major key, well, don't you think, don't you think that I did a study on it? When you go after that, what that sets you free? Don't you think I did a study on tongues? It fascinated me. Don't you think I meditated on it until my meditator left I fell out on the ground? <laughs> Don't you think that I got great books, inner linears and outer linears, exteriors, interiors, and roofs, and weeks, and finally strongs, and exhausted everything they said about anything? Well, my God, man, if faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, then I wanted to hear everything that the Word of God had to say about this. And say, why, Beverly Roberson? Well, it's, it's quite elementary, Watson. You know, if he is guaranteeing me that tongues play such a major role in, in helping my infirmities, in loosing me from every damnable thing that has endeavored to bring me to a standstill, if it plays that major of a role, wouldn't it behoove you to not only find out everything you can about it, but to find out how to wield it as a weapon of God more accurately in your life? See, wouldn't it behoove you? 
How many knows that Jude 20 says? Jude, the 20th verse? But you don't have to go there. It says, But ye, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, this is interesting. My question to God was, Building myself up where? Up where on my most holy faith? Well, ye beloved, building yourselves up. Up where? Up above a walk dominated by the flesh into a glorious, liberated walk of spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, this has fascinated me. As much as I have cried for faith, in the early years of this ministry, I bawled for faith. Oh, God, if I had more faith, do you know what I would do? Then I'd tell him everything I would do. I converted my emotions into H2O and cried all night for God to give me more faith. And all I did was got wet, you know. Yet all the time, right under my nose, under my nose was a verse that guaranteed the very thing my heart pounded for. You, beloved, building yourselves up where? On your most holy faith, guaranteeing you. A building up, guaranteeing it, right under our nose. But yet we passed it up. Passed it up, taking it for face value. You know, I just, if we really wanted faith that bad, my God, why couldn't some of us begin to do what it said? So it guaranteed us a building up of our most holy faith. Well, see, according to all the teaching that I received in, in the first four years of my walk in faith, that faith only came one way. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, if that's the way faith comes, I could not understand how speaking a bunch of syllables in the air. Zonda, zondora kreso kurinshala I said, Lord, how in the world could that bring an increase to anyone's faith? You said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now that I can comprehend with my natural mind. Once I find out what God said about my problem. Not the devil, not the flesh, not the world. Once I have found out what God has said about my problem, then, brother, that's it. Because, see, I know the will of God. It releases my faith because I know what God said about it. Well, this is the way faith comes. And I could not understand how he could make such a bold statement. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, it took a little while, only about six years. But my lightning quick mind, you know, it caught on. That somehow praying in tongues must offer itself as an assistant to my understanding of the Word of God. 
because faith really only comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by what the Word said about your problem. Then I launched out with this in my spirit, that somehow praying in tongues must offer itself, it must, as an assistance to my understanding of the Word of God. And as it panned out, thank God I was right. <laughs> well, when I first began to suspect, you know, when my lightning quick mind first grasped these truths, I thought that I would go to them that seemed to be somewhat among them and ask them first to save myself a lot of time. I said, why are we edified when we pray in tongues? Why? Oh, don't you know, brother? I said, no, I don't. <laughs> we edify ourselves, and the Greek breakdown on edify is it would be proper to say that we actually receive a charge. I said, you mean edify breaks down to mean a charge? Yes, it does. You mean like a battery? Yeah, you got it. You mean like down at the gas station? Negative, positive, mm, charge. You mean that kind of charge? Yes, yes, because uh, faith uh, is a tangible substance. You know, it's, it's tangible. You can feel it, and you're receiving a tangible charge. I said, you mean if I speak in tongues? And I says, I don't got to know any more of the word. I don't got to know nothing. Just And then I sneak up on somebody, you know. 220 volts. And that's why they go down under the power. I says, is that what you mean, edify? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. How much do you pray in tongues? Oh, well, I, uh, you know, I, I like to study. <laughs> Is that where you found out about edify? Oh, yes, yes. This is now my, my lightning quick mind went ahead and, and took that for a while. It took that third grade explanation for, for lack of anything deeper. But you see, I, I was into a habit of praying in the Holy Ghost anyway, so I couldn't stay in that very long. Yeah, but I thought it was that way because I was in some of my first meetings, you know, and... Uh, I would go and pray for people, and they'd fall down on the floor, and I really thought that was neat. One day they started falling down when I didn't touch them, and I thought, wow, this is a power field. <laughs> but my mind, it accepted that third grade explanation for a long time. And for this cause, I'm still thanking God for this 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Because there's a revelation contained in the first three verses that set me so free that from this day to this, I still have trouble standing myself. And the reason I do is because I know how to work the perfect plan of God in my life just because I want to. Na, 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 na. Just 
couldn't resist that. <laughs> so we probably should take a look at this, wouldn't you say? Is it dislike manner the Spirit helps our infirmities? Wouldn't you say that it would behoove you and I to take a look at it? But let's take a look at it, beginning with the first verse of 14. He said, follow after charity, which is love in action and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Stop. Now, when he says, follow after love in action and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, he really wasn't saying that prophecy was greater than speaking with tongues. But the whole thrust of this entire letter to the Corinthians, the main thrust of it, was in this 14th chapter that they should excel to a place where they edified the entire body. In doing so, he says, tongues that equaled prophecy was tongues that was to be interpreted. For a man that spoke with tongues for personal edification, he's talking to God. But a man that prophesies, he's speaking to people for edification. So in the thrust of that, Paul had to differentiate in absolute minor detail the difference between tongues that works inwardly on me and tongues for interpretation that equals prophecy that edifies you. So because he differentiated between the two. See, you and I can glean the answer. And I, you know, sometimes I thought Paul was smart aleck, you know. Just in passing, in two or three verses, he strokes a revelation in there that takes me about six years to get out. I know who does he think he is anyway? I thought, my God. He differentiated in minor detail between the other operations of tongues which is tongues for intercession, tongues for interpretation, tongues is assigned to the unbeliever, but finally tongues for personal edification. And because he gleaned that one out by the Spirit, see, you and I can glean it out. Well, he says, rather that you may prophesy, for he explained why. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Now, if I was speaking in tongues, in tongues, to be interpreted, then somebody would have to understand it. But he said, no man understands this one because it's nobody else's business. It's between me, my spirit, and God, my Father, and it is for my own personal edification. It is designed to help my infirmities. I don't know about you, but this gets me so excited that I can hardly stand myself. In the early days when I first began to realize this revelation, at times I would train people. You know, I, old Tim McFall, I didn't have any choice but to train him. He, he seen God perform a miracle on a woman's foot. She couldn't move her foot. And at the moment of prayer, the thing just absolutely unlocked all the pain left. She could move it. And Tim was a Baptist boy filled with the Holy Ghost approximately one year. He got so close to watch that miracle that he jammed his head between me and her foot. Oh, I said, Tim, you know, please, please. After he seen that miracle, he said, I'm going to follow you until I got what you got. And I thought, sure, I heard that before, sure. One man reported to my doorstep, and in them days, I was naive, ignorant, and on top of that, I was dumb. 
I thought everybody said, God sent them. He sent them. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to do what you do. So I said, all right. So I was in a routine. Did you know that he came Friday and God told him to leave Monday? I can't figure out why. All I did was pray to him in tongues 12 hours a day and give him two cups of coffee over the weekend. He wanted to do what I did. And God changed his mind. I said, oh, he did. <laughs> well, Tim McFall says, I'm going to follow you until I got what you got. And I thought, sure, sure. But every time I would go somewhere, Tim was sitting in the crowd. I finally said, man, don't you work? He says, I told you what I was going to do. And finally, in prayer, God said, what are you going to do about Tim McFall? And you know, you might as well tell him what's in your heart. I said, nothing. <laughs> he said, oh, yes, you are. I said, I am. He said, yes, you are. You're going to oversee his training. I said, but. He said, you're going to do it. So you know what I did? I bootlegged 66 Kenneth Hagen tapes. Now, bootlegging is when the label says, do not copy. Says, do not copy, and I copied them, and I give them. I said, Tim, I'm going to give these to you. I said, what do you do for a living? He says, I drive a forklift at night. I said, okay, Tim. I said, I want you to listen to these tapes. Totally concentrate on them. Six times a piece. And on top of that, I want you to lock yourself up in seclusion. Do you hear me? None of this walking around praying. I want you totally concentrating on your prayer life. I said, you do nothing else. Report to the closet, and I want you to pray six hours a day in tongues, non-stop. Brother, the only thing you better do is drink water. I said, you listen to them tapes, you pray, and in six months, you come back to me, and I'll give you your next step. And I thought to myself, you got rid of him. <laughs> Four months later, I came to Tim McFall's town for a miracle crusade. In them, them days, we had people stand up that was healed in the last one, like this morning. I said, anybody healed lately in, a, in one of these crusades? And this woman stood up and she says, I had a deaf ear. And after a moment of prayer... That thing just literally popped open. And I said, really? Which one of my services did that happen in? <laughs> she says, it wasn't yours at all. It was Tim McFall's. I said, I said sit down, lady. This woman had the audacity to stand up and say, my brother was in an insane asylum. I said, yeah. She said, at the moment of prayer, God heard us because I stood in proxy. And the next morning, he woke up sane. And they had to let him out. And I thought, my God, this is newsletter material. Which one of uh, my services... Did that happen in? She said, it wasn't yours at all. It was Ted McFall's. I said, sit down, lady. 
Well, after a while, Tim comes in, and I said, uh, hey, Tim, Tim, would you, uh, do you mind waiting till the service is over? And then he, you know, he waits for me, and pretty soon I, I said, Tim, uh, can I drive you anywhere? And we're sitting in the car, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I've borne the burden of the heat of the day. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for eight years. Tim, he's only been filled a little over a year. <laughs> and you've made him equal. You, you're paying him the same as you're paying men. I'm dying to it. I said, Tim, what happened? He goes, yeah, you're joking, aren't you? I said, no. He said, so you, you, you're really asking me? I said, what happened, Tim? What in the world did you do? He says, what did I do? I said, yeah, what did you do? He said, you're joking. I said, no. He said, I did what you told me to do. And I go, really? He goes, yeah. I go, <coughs> it really works, doesn't it, Tim? You know, I told you, didn't I? And I, <laughs> I said, God, this is phenomenal. What could mark such a tremendous difference in the spirit of a man? It says, he that prays in an unknown tongue, he's not talking to men, he's talking to God. With my physical man, I contact physical things. I can grasp this pulpit. With my soul, which is my mind, it is my will, it is my intellect, my emotional faculties, I can communicate with my fellow man. You and I can make contact. But Jesus revealed God as spirit. And he said, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I want you to know that when I rear back and speak with tongues, instantly my human spirit has made contact with God himself. And I said, Heavenly Father, this, this is the only diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. Even the diversities of tongues, that tongues for edification is only a diversity of the other tongues. But it's meant for my own edification. All the other nine gifts, they flow outward for the edification of others, whether it be word of wisdom, word of knowledge, healings, workings of miracles, interpretations of tongues, intercessional groanings. But tongues I can activate at my own will. It's not that I operate tongues. But God made me the steward of its operation because it's designed to edify me, me. It works inward. Therefore, I can activate it as an act of my will and my faith because he gave me the stewardship of the operation of tongues for personal edification. For you hungry, 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 hungry people that do not want to be stopped. Hallelujah. I thought, God, why? Why did you choose such a language as this? And oh, when I heard the explanation, the mystery of it rolled through my spirit. I got so excited, it, it took days to wear off a man. You want the exact words almost that he used as it flowed through my spirit? I grabbed my pencil just like Paul grabbed his quill, and I wrote as fast as I could. He said to me, he said, Son, amongst men... There is no language that has ever been created 
that has the vocabulary to express everything that I am through Jesus Christ to you. God, that's heavy. That is heavy. Well, the devil doesn't understand my language. You got it. Because this prayer is between me and it is between God. And it's designed inward for my personal edification. Well, what does edification mean? It means to receive a charge, to be built up on your most holy faith. But as of yet, the whole world has looked to you and I for an answer. Why do you pray in tongues? The whole church world that does not speak with tongues, they've looked at you and I, and they have wanted answers. They say, why do you do it? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? And we look at them and we say, well, it's the initial evidence that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you mean that I'm not? I'm not? Huh? Is that what you're saying? That I'm not? Well, well, no, I didn't exactly say that. Then why do you think you're better than me? Why do you speak in tongues? Well, well, to be interpreted, then, if there's no interpreter, you better shut up, buddy. Shut up. Well, well, no, I, I'm, I'm praying for my own edification. Well, why are you edified? Well, it charges me up like a battery. Why? Well, uh, it's, uh, do you know what you're saying? No, well, not all the time. Well, why does it do it? Well, it's, uh, well, I want to know why. Why do you do it? Well, it, it builds me up on my most holy faith. How does it do that? Well, the Bible just says it does. But I want to know how. Just take it by faith. That's what they're trying to do. But see, faith comes by what? Hearing. And would you believe that Paul answered all them questions in the second half of the second verse? Let's look at it very closely. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now notice this. For no man understands him. Now it says here, how be it. That word how be it is analytical. It's analyzing the whole situation. In other words, if I'm speaking in tongues and it's not to be interpreted, yet I'm talking to God, no man understands me. Then in the world of the Spirit, what is transpiring? How be this then? How be it? And he went on to say something here. How be it in the Spirit? This man that speaks with tongues, he speaketh what? What? Mysteries. Now, this part I knew, that if I could ever break the word mysteries down in the Greek, in my spirit, in the inner land, the outer land, the external, into a roost week strong, that I would have the answer to why our most holy faith is increased from praying in tongues. He said, I'm speaking mysteries. Well, what in the world are mysteries? Whatever they are, he said, I'm speaking them. Mysteries. Well, before we break this, let's go on and read just a little bit more. Notice the third verse. But he that prophesies speaks to men for what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? He edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies who? Now, if I was to prophesy to you and say, Thus saith the Lord, if ever one will raise your hands, thou shalt be healed. Well, of course you'd be edified. You know why? The mind of God would be executed in your midst. You would know what he wanted for that moment. You would all raise your hands, and if it was a true word from God, then you'd be edified and comforted and exhorted 
Because every single one of you would have been healed. Well, he that prophesies edifies the church because the mind of God is revealed. But he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies who? But the reasons for the edification are the same. Because you're praying mysteries and divine secrets. These divine secrets and mysteries are actually the mind of God. But in this instance, it's not collectively, it's individually. You're actually praying the mind of God into your life for that moment. Boy, I could get excited over this. Now, I remember when I first started praying any extended amounts in tongues. It was fun. At first it was hard. The real battle was with myself to stay in the closet. But see, I didn't have any choice. I went full time, had three little kids. Our cupboards were empty, just barely enough to feed them. I was pastoring a church of six people. My only tithe pair went broke. I wanted to preach. Nobody had let me. I wonder you have any prior experience. I said, no, that's what I'm trying to get. We're sorry. I finally booked a little bitty hall for $5 a night. Bluffed my way in. Bluffed my way in. I said, Dave Roberson Ministries is in town. We want to rent you a hall. Would you please charge my home office? It was my front room. My secretary was my wife. Then I went to the paper in town. It's one of them kind that comes out once a week on Tuesday. Town ran about 3,000 people. Bluffed my way and ran a $12 ad. I never will forget it. There was five strangers sitting in that hall. I had a 15-year-old front man that sang every song he could think of, and I was afraid to come out of the back room. But I finally came out took a deep breath, got behind the mic, squared off, and told them everything I knew in about 15 minutes. <laughs> but God was with me. Well, the months went by, and I kept praying these extended amounts of time in tongues. And there was a good friend of mine, Earl Hitson, who introduced me to the faith message. Now, Earl Hitson was one of them kind of loggers that you see in the movies. Four-wheel drive rig, big bright red suspenders, dungaree pants split up to the knee, big logging brogans with steel toes, and a chainsaw in his back pocket. You know what's in Davy said, you want to know about faith? You know? So he taught me faith. But I kept praying in tongues, and then I'd meditate. I'd pray X amount of hours, and then I'd get the word out and start reading. And all of the sudden, verses would come alive to me. And I thought, my God, I've read that 500 times. How come all of a sudden I've got the insight into that verse? Why, this is amazing. I remember the day that it dawned on me that I had a new car. It was one of them mysteries over poverty I was met with. I'd read it a thousand times. All of a sudden, I went, whoa, my God. And I got a little hits and I said, look, Earl, look at this verse. Have you ever seen this? He looked at me. I looked at him. I explained that verse to him in detail. He says, I, I think I'm getting it. I said, look, Earl, it's simple. Just because I'd spent three months in prayer. I said, look at it, Earl. Can't you see it? He'd look at it. I think I'm getting it. I'd explain it 15 times. And finally he says, it's starting to come. I think I'm seeing what you're seeing. 
Well, two weeks later, I was driving around in a brand new Volkswagen van off the showroom floor and I owned every bolt in it. It was mine. After that revelation hit me, I went into town and claimed a Volkswagen at midnight because I only had 25 cents. No high-pressure salesman. Brother, I knew I had it. I preached a little bitty meeting. They were all little. And after I was done, I said, Earl, you remember, you remember when I showed you that revelation? He said, yeah. Then I unfolded a check that somebody threw in the offering for $5,000. And I want you to know I went down and paid cash for that Volkswagen van, and I made them give me the one on the showroom floor. You know, get all the other cars out of the way. Get them out of the way. I got in that thing and cranked it up, and the new upholstery smell hit me in the nostrils. I got drunk smelling it. Every 15 miles, I wanted to stop and get out and hug the front of it, you know, just kind of... I was bawling. I was aching all over with the goodness of God. And I remember lifting my face to heaven and bawling like a little baby. And he said to me, he said, Son, you have just been bathed in my grace. And this is a love gift from your father. Oh. I bet you're wondering what mystery that was, aren't you? It was the mystery of grace concerning giving, and I'll briefly give it to you. See, I used to give like crazy, according to law, to try to earn the standing Jesus already said I was. Then I found out by grace his unmerited, unearnable favor. Unearnable, unmeritable favor. He was made my poverty and turned around and gave me his standing. And all the time, all I needed to know was that by revelation. And I was trying to earn that standing by law. And when I found out by an act of grace that he made me rich, that I quit giving trying to be what he said I was, and I started giving, brother, because I already knew that I was like I knew I was righteous. And then I thought, how come I'm getting these revelations? How come I'm getting them? And I thought, it must be because I'm called to preach. After all, what would I preach if God didn't show favoritism towards me and give me these kind of revelations? That must be it. It's my call. And then I heard some real stupid preachers, and I knew that wasn't true. So I said, why, God? Why is this coming? He kept bringing me back. How be it in the Spirit this man is speaking mysteries? And I said, Father God, what mysteries? What mysteries are you talking about? And I found out from the Greek that it is exactly the same Greek rendering as the mysteries which have been proclaimed to be hid in God from the foundations of the world, but now have been made available to you and I through the ministry of the Holy Ghost in this dispensation of grace. I said, I, let me get this straight. You mean the mysteries that have been hidden in you since before the world was? 
is the same ones that I'm penetrating the throne room of grace with every time I speak with tongues. He said, you got it. And the Holy Spirit continued to expound outwardly within me and says, why do you think Paul made such a brazen, bold statement to, to hundreds of thousands of Corinthians that I think, my God, probate a man, woman, and child, that I speak with tongues more than you all. And he, Paul, was responsible for three-quarters of the revelation knowledge contained in the New Testament, especially in the areas of grace. For by his own mouth he has said, I have been made a minister of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. How could he minister them had he not understood them? Folks, it went something like this. Paul walked from city to city. What do you think he did if he spoke in tongues more than every man, woman, and child in the entire Corinthian church? What do you think his days was filled with as he walked from town to town? And the pilot of one of his camels, he says, What'd you say, Paul? Paul says, Never mind. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. And at night, when he had pitched his tent, then all of a sudden, while he was laying there, I can just see him because it happens to me so many times. He would be awakened. You know what he would do? He'd grab his quill, and he'd grab his inkwell, and he'd stick it in the inkwell, and he'd ride as fast as he could. God got a hold of his letters, and he thought so much of them, he made them a permanent part of the Word of God and called them epistles. For contained within them epistles is the divine secrets, is the mysteries which were hid in God, that now they lie recorded in that thing sitting in your lap, in the epistles. Why in the world is your faith increased when you pray in tongues? It's not because of some electrical, tangible charge that you're receiving from speaking a bunch of syllables in the air. The reason you're edified and charged like a battery is because you're speaking them same mysteries. The mystery of healing, the mystery of righteousness, the mystery of redemption. You're speaking them before the throne room of grace and God, like any other prayer, he answers them. And when he does, them scriptures come alive and faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah.